Justin Fields and some Chicago Bears starters will play in the preseason finale against the Buffalo Bills. It's also going to be one last opportunity for the guys fighting for a roster spot to show the Chicago Bears they belong or show 31 other teams they deserve a shot. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. On the show today, we preview the Bears' final preseason game against the Buffalo Bills, in which both teams will be at least using their starting quarterback, plus some varying amounts of other starters on their roster. We'll look at what we want to see from Justin Fields in one last exhibition contest before these games really start to count against the Green Bay Packers. We'll look at the backup quarterback battle as well. P.J. Walker, Tyson Bagent, can't forget Nathan Peterman in that conversation. But really, bigger picture, the backup offensive line. We need to see more progress from them with all the injuries to the starting offensive line. We should see mostly backups in that group, and this is a great opportunity for them to give us a little more confidence in that group going into week one if one or more of those backups will end up becoming week one starters. We'll wrap up looking at some of the guys who have their real like last chance here to show the Bears what they can do and why they belong on the 53-man roster and not the practice squad. But let's start with Justin Fields because Matt Eberflus revealed on Thursday that Fields will indeed play. How much? To be determined, but he will take the field for at least some of this preseason game after not playing in the second preseason game at all. And really in the first preseason game, attempted three passes. He was on the field for only a handful of plays beyond that. And they kind of said, that's pretty good. Good enough. Three for three for touchdown, uh, two touchdowns and was like a hundred and some odd yards. Now, Matt Eberflus says, we want to get some more game reps, right? Work through the operation of real game situation, not just practice, get a little bit more, seeing this whole group working together a little bit more and seeing how the operation continues to go. And I can see where there's a sort of a pushback there where it's like, okay, why not then play him against the Indianapolis Colts? Why rest him in that game only to bring him into this game and say, actually, we want to see more when you could have seen more Last week, but the Bears have said like those joint practices with the Colts were close enough to like preseason action, you know, against a real opponent and thought those went really well and were satisfied with what they saw there and felt like, you know, A, they didn't need to see more fields at that time, but also B, they wanted to see more of the other quarterbacks getting those game reps. And also I can understand, too, that, okay, things went pretty well at joint practices and you're feeling like you don't need the preseason snaps, then no need to overdo it with fields. Might as well protect him. But if you still want to get like, okay, 
let's get a few more live reps in there against not just your teammates at practice. I understand why you want to play him at least a little bit against the Buffalo Bills. I think last season he played like close to a whole half, if not the whole first half at the in their last preseason game under Matt Eberflus. So I would expect to see a decent amount of him in this game, but they may kind of evaluate that based on how healthy this offensive line is and, and how well the backups are playing in this game, which I, I do want to get into in a little bit, but also just what the whole starting lineup looks like. How pieced together is it? How much value are you getting out of that? And, and maybe how well Fields plays as well. You know, another 60-yard screen pass touchdown might actually get him off the field more quickly than if, you know, these drives are a little bit longer or you know, need a little bit more uh, little bit more work throughout the course of the game. But, but I think from Fields, that's what we want to see is, is sort of the offensive operation here, right? In the first preseason game, we saw two screen passes and a check down to the fullback. Not a criticism, just a statement of that's, you know, that's all we got to see from Fields. We'd like to see a little bit more downfield passing, which we've seen him do in the past. It's not that he needs to prove to us that he can do it, but, you know, let's just see this offense kind of stretch out, spread its legs a little bit more here and not just be behind the line of scrimmage, but, you know, get, you know, intermediate, short, deep passes, try and get more variety, just sort of knock some of the rust off in a few different areas and not just screen passes and and the check downs there that are, again, it's not a criticism. It's just what we ended up seeing. It'd be nice. It would be nice to see more, not, not because it needs to be proven to us that they can do it, but just to sort of get a few of those under their belt against a real opponent and kind of get that, that all around operation, you know, making the right calls at the line of scrimmage, adjusting the protections, you know, pre-snap motion, maybe even changing routes or shifting or audibling or, or some sorts of things that way, just to kind of feel like, okay, let's see him do everything that he's going to have to do in the regular season so that when he gets to week one, it's not the first time he's have had had to do that in a live action moment, right? That's really what it's about. It's not about proving that you can do it, but it's about, hey, he hasn't had to be in a game and throw the ball more than, what, three yards downfield in a, in a live game action yet since last season, like just another opportunity to kind of do that and, and go through the motions of that and get some quick little experience and not just having to sort of re, you know, re sort of configure that in, in these game situations. It's always nice to just see that all operate cleanly, smoothly and connecting with his receivers and all that, just to see that everything is working and in, in progress. And, and you've got guys on the same page and make sure there's not something that guys are think they're on the same page about, but then when you go to actually do it, it turns out you weren't, but you didn't realize that you weren't until you actually tried it and did it on the field. You know, those kind of things just to sort of run through, like literally like a dress rehearsal. Like there's a reason why they used to have the third preseason game feel like that dress rehearsal game. It's not about proving anything. It's about just saying like, let's just run this through once, make sure it works the way we think it's supposed to work. And I don't think the three pass attempts in the first preseason game were quite enough for that. You probably could have done that against the Colts and then not played him at all in this game, but whatever. I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think we should be too worried about any kind of abnormal risk, even with a backup offensive line, a largely backup offensive line in front of him. We'll check in on where the current state of offensive line injuries are because it seems to be changing by the day, and also the backup quarterbacks that will also be behind the backup offensive line and how what we want to see from them in this contest next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at Harry's Razors, a new sponsor joining us here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And if you've if you've ever tuned in to the video form of Locked on Bears, if you've ever seen what I look like, got a decent, decent amount of facial hair on here. Got the beard action going on, a little bit of the mustache, a little bit underneath. Honestly, I wish I could fill it in a little bit more, but I love me a good razor. And Harry's razors are absolutely everything I look for in razors. They're 
easy to use, they're smooth, they give you a great shave at a great price. They've got a five blade German engineered razor with a weighted handle, makes it super easy and smooth to get a nice clean shave. You know, I like to come down on the cheeks a little bit and certainly, you know, up on the neckline. I don't like a, a long, like scrangly neck beard. I like to keep like a nice tight neckline and some tighter beard lines whenever I can. And Harry's razors make it super easy to do so. Really can't recommend them strong enough. And we got a great way for you to get started. It also comes with, I believe, some foaming shave gel and a travel cover. We've got a starter set that's normally a $13 value. You can get it for just $3. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. It's a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. The starting Chicago Bears offensive line is is in pieces right now, and uh, I don't know how many starters to expect to see in this preseason game. Like, is there much value in playing a couple of starters with three backups, or would you rather have, you know, just kind of go with all of your backup offensive linemen and maybe not risk another starter injury? I mean, again, I don't think the injury risk thing is is all that significant for starters in this preseason game, so I'm not concerned about that, but it's just more like, from a continuity standpoint, from a cohesion standpoint, you know, right now the Bears at practice have two fully healthy day one starting offensive linemen, as it seems. Like guys who are, who are well, not, not even fully healthy, I guess, but guys who are participating fully. Braxton Jones at left tackle, I think, has been the only guy who's been there from start to finish throughout training camp in the preseason, who has not let missed time or had some sort of injury ailment slowing things down. But right now, of course, Tevin Jenkins, week to week, not expected to be ready for the regular season debut. We know that's the big one. Cody Whitehair is practicing in full, but has some sort of minor hand issue that I think is partially contributing to his inability to snap the ball and why he's at left guard. But presumably those two guys are as close to 100% as, as you can hope at this stage. And w in theory, would be good to go for this preseason game. I'm just not sure whether it's worth actually playing them. Lucas Patrick is supposed to be filling in at center, but now he is listed as day-to-day. -day. So Doug Kramer has been like the first string center at practices right now. And presumably, unless Lucas Patrick makes some great progress here in the next day or day and a half here, I would assume that Kramer will start this preseason game as your center number one. And then, you know, likes of Dieter Isolin or uh, they've got a few other young guys on this depth chart at center, uh, Josh Lugg an undrafted free agent. I imagine those guys will be the other guys playing center on this offensive line. Nate Davis has been kind of in and out, is still kind of ramping back up, but has been rotating with Jatiri Carter just as a result of not wanting to overdo it in terms of practice reps for him as he's maybe not 100% perfect up to speed there health-wise. So I wouldn't imagine they would force him out there in this preseason game. And then we saw Darnell Wright has been dealing with a an ankle-type issue. And I think he's also been kind of ramping back up, doesn't have a boot or anything. So it's a pretty mi relatively minor ankle issue, but hasn't been practicing in full. So, you know, is it worth starting Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair with three backups on the right side, or you just say, screw it, start our entire backup offensive line, which in theory in this game would be Borum at left tackle, Leatherwood at left guard, Doug Kramer at center, assuming Lucas Patrick can't go, Jatiri Carter at right guard, and then Aviante Collins at right tackle. That's kind of what I guess they would do because there's not really any need to play Cody Whitehair in a preseason game at this point. He's a veteran. He's played guard and center before. He'll be all right. 
Braxton Jones is young enough where it's like, sure, give him the experience, but uh, is it worth, you know, putting in just your starting left tackle or would you rather just see more of your backup left tackle, whether that's going to be Collins or Borum, who both played both tackle spots in the last preseason game? Regardless, I want to see those backups in particular play against the Buffalo Bills starters. The Bills say they're going to play their starters. We'll see for how long. But if you're going to have to rely on some of your backup offensive linemen as potential week one starters, plural, maybe even, then let's see them against starters, against real starters. Let's see how, you know, Larry Borum and or Aviante Collins on the two tackle spots, how they do against the Bills edge rushers and how Doug Kramer looks against starting caliber defensive tackles, Jatyree Carter, Alex Leatherwood. You want to see real progress? Okay, you know, we've seen guys like Carter in particular play well against backups in the other two preseason games. Here's some starters. Level level of competition, jump it up a little bit higher. Let's see what you can do, how well you hold your own in those types of situations. I would love to be able to have a little bit more confidence in some of those guys that may end up needing to play in the regular season based on what they're able to do, even in limited opportunities against starters in this game. And, you know, certainly... No slouches in terms of starters on the Buffalo Bills. I don't know exactly how many starters they're going to use, whether their older guys are going to be out there or not, but guys like Greg Rousseau, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, they signed Leonard Floyd. If you want a familiar face out in this game, A.J. Epineza. They've got some really good defensive end depth, pretty decent defensive tackle depth there. It should be a good test for this backup Bears offensive line so we can get a better sense of, okay, if, say, Leatherwood or Carter needs to be out there as a starter, at some point in the regular season, how do you feel about him? Or Larry Borum as well, depending on with Darnell Wright's situation. So those, those for me, are going to be really important snaps for these backup offensive linemen and why I would just go ahead and start them and not worry about playing, worry about playing your starters because you, know you know what Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair are at this stage of the process. Hopefully the Bills play their starting defensive line extra long, even if Fields already comes out of the game and you get you know, P.J. Walker and Tyson Beja and Nathan Peterman in there because this is going to be big for them too. You know, the Bears continue to leave the door open. Matt Eberflus again yesterday says, you know, not going to name our number two quarterback just yet. Not even going to tell you who's going to play second behind Justin Fields in this game. That is an open competition. May the best man win. I still think it's going to be P.J. Walker. Even if P.J. Walker doesn't have a strong game, I still think he's going to be the number two quarterback and going to make the 53-man roster, but we'll see. Agent has the opportunity in front of him. And if he continues to play at a high level, eventually the Bears can't deny him and we'll have to find a spot for him and we'll have to keep him on the 53 at a minimum, if not try and bump him up to that QB2 spot. But uh, I want to see how those guys all follow up their performances. Can Bajent keep it rolling, executing at a high level? Will the Bears ask Bajent to do more in this game? You know, very simple reads in the Colts game and, and, you know, kind of kept it basic simple stuff for him that he executed very, very well. So let's let's crank it up a notch. Let's make it a little bit more complicated. Make the reads a little bit more complicated. You know, you don't want to overdo it, but just test him a little more and see how he handles a little bit more. Because I think P.J. Walker, comparatively, has been asked to do slightly more difficult concepts, more complex reads in the small sample size of the preseason so far, whereas Bajent, I think, was a little bit more simplified for him. And so it was then that, I mean, a little bit easier for Bajent. I still think, you know, Bajent's been very impressive. And, and we broke down a few plays of Tyson Bajent's All-22 film from the preseason for the Lockdown Bears subtext group. It's an exclusive, in-depth content only for subscribers. It's $4.99 a month. Join subtext.com slash Lockdown Bears if you want our video breakdown of Tyson Bajent film. We also broke down Travis Gibson film, Khalil Herbert film. We've also got a 53-man roster prediction up there as well if you want to check that out. 
uh, charting and data for the Bears from last season. We're going to have full games of all 22 all throughout this season as well. Only for subtext members of the Lockdown Bears subtext group. If you want to join, the website is joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears for that exclusive content that you can only get as a member of that group. But I want to see Walker. I want to see Peterman. I want to see Bajent, the three of them. I, all three, I think three of those guys are fighting for two spots and you could in theory, see any combination of two out of those three make this 53 man roster. I still think it's probably Walker that makes it. And at this point, Bajent versus Peterman is still a little bit of a toss up. I'll say this. I think you can release Tyson Bajan and still get him on the practice squad. I don't think another team is necessarily going to snatch him up, but another really strong preseason game might be enough to do so. You could also see the Bears say, you know what? We don't want other teams to see more of Bajan. Let's not play him much at all so that we can sneak him onto the practice squad. So there's a lot of different dynamics at play with the quarterbacks here that I'm interested in seeing, in particular, how they interact with this backup offensive line and, and how that affects their individual abilities to perform. This final preseason game against the Bills is really the last shot for those guys, the three quarterbacks, and everyone on this roster to show the Bears what they can do and why they belong. So I want to go through some of the top guys who have one last shot to try and solidify their roster spot next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy August is here, and that means it's the official start of fantasy football drafting month, the fantasy football season, right around the corner. So if you want to get championship ready for your home league, then you got to try out best ball on underdog fantasy because it's a great way to work on your drafting strategy, still have a team, and still get to potentially win big over the course of the season without the full commitment. Best ball is no waivers, no trades. It's just underdog sets your best lineup every week based on the players that you drafted at the very beginning of the season. You can try it out with underdogs best ball mania tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it's even bigger this year with literally $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including $3 million going to the overall winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store to sign up with our promo code locked on in order to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code locked on. The Bears probably at this point have a pretty good idea of who's going to make their 53-man roster. But this last preseason game against the Bills is just one last shot for some guys that might be neck and neck to try and emerge or some guys that maybe, you know, they thought they kind of knew what they wanted to do with them. Instead, try and change their mind real quick in one direction or the other. And I think there's a handful of guys here that I'm most interested in seeing. Hopefully they play because injuries nowadays have been hard. have been changing quickly by the day. But like, for example, Bayless Jones at receiver and kick returner. Didn't play in the second preseason game. The Bears have continued to try and stand by him, endorse him, build up his confidence publicly. I don't think they're ready to just cut him after this preseason and give up after one full season. I think they're going to be a little bit more patient with him, have a little bit of a longer leash, and give him at least this full season to see how he can develop. But at the same time, you know, if he comes out in this game, plays, muffs more punts or kickoffs or misplays balls or whatever, and makes more mistakes... Boy, it becomes harder and harder and harder to justify holding that roster spot for him. I still think they will, but I still think he's got a little bit of something to prove or to just reaffirm with his performance in this third preseason game. But more like competition-wise, Travis Gibson and Terrell Lewis at defensive end. 
I want to see how the Bears handle this entering this last preseason game because, you know, we, we've been a little bit disappointed with even like Rasheem Green ahead of them on the depth chart, but the way the Bears have utilized him, we talked about on yesterday's podcast, the playing time in these preseason games tells us a lot about how the team might feel about a player. And I think the fact that Lewis comes in with the starters and then leaves when the starters leave indicate that he's pretty safe and that they like him more than we've seen him play in the preseason games. So if Ngakwe, Walker, Green, and Robinson are all safe, do you keep five? Do you keep six? Or do you only keep four defensive ends when it comes to this this depth chart, right? It's Gibson versus Lewis for one spot, two spots, zero spots. I mean, you could see him cutting both of them. I don't think Lewis is, is as nearly a, a roster lock because I think a lot of people might think He's had some really great plays in the preseason, a couple of strip sacks, I think three total sacks in two games, is very impressive. I don't think he's anywhere close to a lock, though, at this point. He is not a proven pass rusher over time. He was available to be on the practice squad last season. I think you could cut Terrell Lewis and still get him on your practice squad, despite how well he's played in the preseason. I, I don't think teams are going to be lining up to claim him on waivers. So, But but another third, a third really big preseason game with another strip sack or whatever— starts to change that equation a little bit more and maybe forces you to keep him on your 53-man roster. Travis Gibson, same kind of conversation. It felt like the Bears were ready to move on when they put him fourth on the depth chart unofficially, but had a huge first preseason game against the Titans. Followed up with another decent showing against the Colts. Like, I wonder, have the Bears made up their mind in him either way? Was that, was that, were those enough to say, yep, we're keeping him? Or are they still feeling like, well, those were nice performances, but we'd still rather go with the other guys that we have. And can the third preseason game here tip the scales there? Can he have another big game to just absolutely ensure that they're not going to cut him and that they have to keep him around, even if maybe for a while there they were thinking they could get away with getting rid of him, but now it's he's too good and we can't let him go? Or, you know, if he doesn't have a big game, does that reaffirm in their minds that, yeah, actually, we, we can get away with, with cutting this guy and moving on from a fifth-round pick who used to be a starter for us? I'm really intrigued to see how well those guys play and how that shapes what they're going to have on this defensive end position. Certainly, that's going to be then compared to other guys who become available on waivers because it's not just Gibson versus Lewis. It's Gibson versus Lewis versus somebody cut from another team that you might like better than those two guys. So they're, they're competing with guys on other teams, not just each other on this Bears depth chart. I think that's especially true at the linebacker position, if there's one if there's one spot on this roster where I think the Bears are going to add an outside player on waivers, it's backup linebacker. They've really churned over a lot of the depth at that spot, struggling to kind of find guys that they like. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But between you know Dylan Cole being injured, Demarcus Gates has been injured, so you got Micah Baskerville's been playing a lot of backup middle linebacker. Uh, Michael Walker came over from the Falcons and has some potential there. Davion Taylor is also like a former third round pick from the Eagles. To me, like those guys might be competing for one ish backup spot and are also competing with all the other linebackers that'll become available for them on waivers. Feels like Walker and Taylor have the, the experience and pedigree edge there. And Walker's been a more valuable special teams player. So I think he's kind of the front runner at this stage for me, because everyone else is either hurt or a little bit less experienced than him. But a big preseason performance from Taylor or or Baskerville even. I mean, Baskerville's played well. I still think he's probably going to need a, a year on the practice squad more likely than not. It's more like Taylor versus Walker. But Barrington Wade is still under contract. DeMarcus Gates has been hurt, but is still under contract. There's an opportunity for those guys to get in this competition as well. And if you know that you can get a big turnover, a big some big tackles, some big plays in the backfield, 
that can go a long way in this last preseason game to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack at backup linebacker and say, hey, no, you got to keep me over anybody else you could bring in from outside of the organization. Last spot real quick, backup cornerback. We talked about it yesterday a little bit and honestly the day before too when it comes to injuries and playing time and trying to decide this 53-man roster. Josh Blackwell, backup slot cornerback, very encouraged by what he did last season. Athletic, good special teams player, has not played at all in the preseason, has been injured for most of training camp. Can you keep him on your 53-man roster when you got a guy like Greg Stroman? He'll be out there. He'll be your slot cornerback behind Kyler Gordon. If he can continue to play well and show some more on special teams, can you keep him over Josh Blackwell? I think he's got a great opportunity to prove what he can do. Same thing with like a, a Michael Ojemudia at outside cornerback, competing with the likes of probably Jalen Jones, basically, for that fifth or sixth cornerback spot. Kendall Vildor's in that conversation as well, although I think at this point I'm pretty well ready to write his chances off at this stage, but it's an opportunity again. If you're either going to show the Bears that you belong here, or in the case of somebody like Kendall Vildor especially, play really well and show one of the 31 other teams, I guess including the Bills, that you belong on their 53-man roster instead based on what you've done in the past and what you're still showing your ability to do right now in the preseason. So a lot of guys with a lot at stake for their jobs in this game, plus we need to see this backup offensive line, and we want to see basically all four quarterbacks what they do in this game for, for different reasons and, and different things we want to see from them. That's why this Bills last this last Bills-Bears preseason game, too many Bs, it is so interesting to me and definitely a lot more worth watching than you might typically think a last game of the preseason would be. You can be sure. We'll break down everything we learn in that preseason game on Monday's Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether it's on your podcasting app that you're listening on right now or the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. It's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Then we'll do a full 53-man roster prediction next Tuesday's podcast. Wednesday, we'll break down the initial full 53-man roster they pick. And then if they do some waiver claims after that, we'll have to break those guys down, the practice squad as well. So a lot of good roster construction conversations coming your way next week. I'd like to get at least one guest on for one of those discussions here. We're still trying to piece through the scheduling here and trying to find out if we can get you know, everybody lined up to get those together. But looking to get some other voices on these 53-man rosters because you've heard me talk about it a decent amount this week. So come on back for that. Join the Lockdown Bears subtext group for even more at joinsubtext.com slash Bears. But you got to come back to the podcast to get your next opportunity to bear down. <laughs>